Have you ever wondered what's the best way to pair intermittent fasting with a ketogenic lifestyle to maximize your results? Well, in today's episode, we bring on Dr. Daniel Pampa and Dr. Mindy Pels to discuss pairing keto with fasting for amazing results. Let's do this. was getting rid of bad cells, those darn senescent cells, in this case, tumor cells. And that's what it does. The body's so smart that it's not going to get rid of your good cells. It's just not. It gets rid of the bad cells to utilize for energy. Uh, and that's exactly what it does. It goes for these bad cells. It goes for these tumors. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast, and I'm super excited to bring on my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pompa. I call him the GOAT and my colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels. And hey, it's back-to-back for Dr. Mindy Pels. She was just on the previous episode two days ago where we did an hour and a half deep dive into the most common questions on keto and fasting. So if you didn't listen to that, that was incredible. We got some amazing feedback. So listen to that episode when you're done with this one. Before I bring them on, I have a huge announcement to share with you, and I'm so pumped up to share this. We have hosted in the past this online keto challenge called our seven day keto camp challenge. And it has been a huge success. We've done it four or five times before. We typically do it two or three times a year. And me, Alina from the keto camp team, we got together and we're like, Hey, we need to host another one before the year is up. So we have decided that we're going to be launching another free seven day keto camp challenge. For seven days, I'm going to guide you through mastering keto, fasting, carnivore, hormonal health, how to do it the right way to maximize your results. Now, this is perfect for those who are brand new to keto, also perfect for those who have been doing it, got off track, want to get back on track, and even perfect for those who have been doing it for a while but want to take their level of results to another level. We're going to deep dive into beginner strategies and advanced strategies. So seven full days of live streams, uh, two hour live streams that I will host every single day. We are going to bring on guest speakers. Um, I'm not going to share with you all the speakers yet. I want it to be a special announcement later on, but I will share two of them. The first confirmed speaker for this upcoming challenge is Cynthia Thurlow host of the Everyday Wellness Podcast, nurse practitioner, viral TEDx talk, amazing human being, my dear friend. She's going to come on for an hour and 15 minutes during this challenge to speak about keto and fasting for women 
and she's going to do a Q&A with the VIP members. We also have confirmed Dr. Rebecca Warren. She is a world-renowned thyroid expert who's been on the podcast several times before, and she's going to deep dive into keto and fasting for thyroid health. 45-minute session, 20-minute to 25-minute Q&A for the VIP members. And we have other speakers that I'm not going to share yet, but here are the details. We start this challenge on October 10th, 2022. That is Monday, October 10th, 2022. It's going to run all the way until October 17th, 2022, Monday to Monday. Every single day between October 10th and October 17th, we are going to go live for a session. This session is typically an hour and a half to two hours long where we give you educational content, Q&A, and then action steps for you to take action on. It will start at 11.50 a.m. Eastern Time every day with the exception of Sunday we take a break. Not only that, we are going to be giving away, get this, over $8,000 in free prizes. I'm talking about free coffee, free electrolytes, free protein shakes, free Paleo Valley beef sticks and supplements, and we're giving away a one-year membership to our signature course, the Keto Camp Academy, which is valued at almost $3,000. All you need to do to qualify for the free prizes and join this free challenge is head to ketocampchallenge.com. Remember, camp is spelled with a K. ketocampchallenge.com. Register for free. There are options to upgrade and special one-time offers for that, but you can register for free, and we'll drop a link for you down below. And stay tuned. We're going to have some more announcements on this. You get into the Facebook group once you sign up. And I can't wait to join you for seven days. This is going to be life-changing. Honestly, you're going to learn more in seven days than you have in probably your entire life when it comes to metabolic health. So prioritize being there live. Prioritize being there to qualify for the prizes. And I can't wait to spend seven days with you in October. And you could join from anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Okay, let's get into the episode. Now, today's episode is actually taken from the previous keto challenge we did last May 2022, but this recording has never been released to the public. It was only available at that time. So I decided to grab that recording because it was such an amazing conversation. It was actually one of the best interviews from that challenge with Dr. Mindy Pels and Dr. Daniel Pompa. We're going to talk about the importance of practicing fasting to heal your body and tap into your innate intelligence. The importance of feasting and fasting, meaning fasting is great. You activate autophagy, cellular repair, but too much of a good thing is a bad thing. What about the opposite? mTOR, growth, feasting. Don't forget about the feasting and Pompa, Dr. Pompa will share about that. What are the health benefits of ketosis? Why they love keto? The importance of vitamin G gratitude and then Q&A, with the VIP members from this challenge, and you get to hear the answers as well. You are going to love this interview because, hey, Dr. Pompa and myself and Dr. Mindy Pels, we're on the same team. It's called the Health Centers of the Future Platinum Platinum Practitioner Program. That's a lot of Ps right there. And we are actually going to all be speaking at Dr. Pompa's conference called Live It to Lead It in Utah this November. If you go to healthcentersofthefuture.com, we'll put a link down below and click on seminars and events, you could potentially join us. It's going to be incredible. Uh, It's going to be November 10th through the 12th in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It's called the Live It to Lead It Seminar. I will be speaking and attending 
Dr. Mindy Pels will be speaking and attending. Dr. Pompa will be hosting it and speaking along with other incredible, amazing practitioners. And his conferences are hands down the best when it comes to the educational uh, material and information. So maybe we'll see you there. I will also be speaking at Keto Symposium in just a few weeks in New York City. So if you're in that area, I'd love to see you. Go to ketosymposium.com and Keto Palooza in Louisville, Kentucky at the end of the month as well. So go and check out the links down below. I'd love to see you at those. All right, let's go right into the episode with the incredible Dr. Pompa and Dr. Mindy Pals. These are two of my colleagues that I admire. They're also mentors of mine. I first discovered Dr. Pompa in Boca Raton, Florida several years ago. I saw him speak on stage and in the first hour, I learned more about health and nutrition than my prior six or seven years to that, maybe even longer of studying nutrition and health. And I said to myself, I want to know everything this man knows, and I want him to teach it to me. <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to manifest, but when you put the message out there and you are very committed to the message, cool things happen. Things align for you. So now I'm blessed enough to get mentored by him and Mindy and work with them. Mindy also spoke at this conference, and I remember her energy and her enthusiasm um, was just so contagious. And I started to learn more about Mindy and all the cool things she was doing. And she has just completely taken off into the world ever since that conference with her amazing YouTube channel. Everybody go subscribe to it, Dr. Mindy Pels, the Resetter podcast. So I'm going to show you a quick video here um, of what's to come with us. And then I'm going to bring them on. So check this out. Only 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy. It's pretty rare to die from diabetes. It's not the diabetes that are killing all these people. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're from a different country. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are, your symptoms are. If you got the combination, you unlock the code. It means that you have to find what your body's balanced to, right? From these wavelengths creates this amazing hormonal response in the body. It's more than just vitamin D. It affects cholesterol sulfate, which is, impacts your hormones greatly. How do we really create diversity? We have to stress. But when you eat a, something that's very high in fat, it kills hunger, it stabilizes your blood sugar, and it makes it so that you can go longer. And your body starts to make this metabolic switch around 13 hours. Pretty epic. So we're part of the Health Centers of the Future Platinum organization. Without further ado, here is Dr. Pampa and here is Dr. Mindy Pels. Mindy, if you should unmute yourself real quick. Here's Dr. Pampa and Dr. Mindy Pels, the amazing Health Centers of the Future leaders. Hey, you two. Hey. Hi. Hello. What is this? I didn't, I didn't realize Pampa was joining us. This is amazing. I love this. <laughs> It's all three of us, the, the trifecta here. And everybody in our group is looking forward to this the most. We've had great sessions, and this one's going to be the best one. So awesome. let's start here. We, we, so we're on day four right now, trying to kind of get you up to date here. We've dove deep into keto, burning sugar versus burning fat, how ketones work at the cellular level. So there's a good understanding on ketosis, but we didn't really dive deep into fasting. So I would love for you to both share why you love intermittent fasting, fasting strategies, and how does fasting upgrade your keto results? Let's start with you, Mindy. Uh, it's the quickest way to get a healing response in the body. 
it, I, I, there's no other tool I've ever seen in my 26 years in practice that works as effectively as fasting. And I think the biggest thing is that it's free and it's time efficient. So the way I see it is the whole world can do it. They just need to learn what it's about. I feel a little bit like with fasting, like how I feel about sleep. When people say, oh, sleep isn't working for me. It's like, no, no, no. Sleep always works for you. There's just a way in which you need to get your body into that rhythm. I feel like fasting is this healing response that the whole world is catching on to now because it's as powerful of a healing tool as sleep. And we're, I, I, I see a world where we're going to, everybody's going to be intermittent fasting. So it, I've never seen a tool heal the body this quickly that, and that's how that's credit to the body. The body yeah. is so incredibly powerful. So I think that's why I love it the most is because everybody can do it and it creates an incredible response for everybody. It does. It's such an amazing tool and it's free, which is incredible. We're going to get yeah. e even deeper into fasting. What about you, Dr. Pompa? Dr. Pompa wrote a book all about fasting called Beyond Fasting. So why do you love it? And you've been teaching it since the early 90s. Yeah, when nobody was interested in fasting, I was trying to lecture about fasting and people would be like, well, don't you die without food? <clears throat> I mean, that, honestly, that, that's how, you know, um, back then it's how far it's come. It's, it's pretty amazing. Look, I mean, fasting is the one tool that harnesses innate intelligence. And that's that intelligence God put in all of us that heals, right? We don't heal anything as practitioners. All we do is remove interference. And then that intelligence does the healing. Well, fasting harnesses that. Every religion disagrees on everything, even prayer, except one thing, fasting. They all agree. Um, you know, meaning that this is fasting has been around since the beginning of time as something that transforms people physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And we expect all those results when we do a fast. Uh, and it's transformative. I mean, you know, fast forward now. What do we know about fasting? When we look at why people age faster than they should, when we look at what all sick people have in common, there's one thing, senescent cells. These are cells that live too long. They cause inflammation. They cause disease. They cause allergies, asthma, reactions, everything that people are dealing with today, bad guts. So we have all the senescent cells in common. These are cells that live too long, that drive inflammation, that do bad things. You know, this, we have to get rid of them. How do we do it? Easy. We can get rid of them by fasting. That's what fasting does. It gets rid of senescent cells and you age slower, you decrease inflammation, and it is free, as Mindy pointed yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you both have really interesting stories regarding fasting. So, if, Mindy, I know you have a story about um, kind of a failure in, in your career, a, a perceived failure, or a, I should say, I shouldn't say failure, a learning experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> of when you got um, hired or you got booked to do a Zoom call for teachers, right? And you wanted to share... Mm -hmm what you knew and you realized you could have done it a different way. So if, if you could share that story, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the, um, I always say the height of the pandemic, but I don't even, I don't think we even know where the height was anymore, but about four to five months into the pandemic, uh, in 2020, I had a principal reach out to me, uh, um, who had been from, she, she was a principal of a high school in South Carolina and she had, um, she wanted my help teaching her high school teachers how to be metabolically healthy because COVID was coming through their town. 
And of course I was like, yes, let me help. So we get on this Zoom call with all these high school teachers and I go into this very intricate discussion about good fats, bad fats, getting off of sugar, why all the principles of food, a lot of it are principles of keto. I, I offer some great supplements and we get to the end of the call. And I, I just have so much respect for this one teacher because he, he raises his hand and he said, you know, I really appreciate what you're saying, but if you're asking me to buy the right peanut butter or the right nut butter with the right oils, you're asking me to make an $8 more decision. That healthy jar of nut butter is going to cost me $8 that I do not have. And then another a teacher said to me, you know, at the end of the day, honestly, the easiest thing for me to do is to go through the drive-through at McDonald's. So I appreciate what you're saying, but it's unrealistic for an overworked teacher on a tight budget. And I left there and I realized, oh my gosh, I failed them. Like I, they, I didn't understand my audience. I didn't get what their hurdles were. And then I realized it's almost everybody's hurdle it, or a lot of people's hurdle, which is time and money. And if we don't come up with some healthcare solutions that overcomes those two, are we going to create a situation where only people with money can get healthy? That's not okay. And so I came out of that feeling like I had really let them down, but also having a whole new awareness of the power of fasting. I should have gone in there and taught them intermittent fasting because that would have been a better tool for them given their lifestyle. But this is many people's lifestyle. And we live in the most toxic time in human history. The food industry is keeping us inflamed and metabolically unhealthy. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. So it really helped me see, wow, fasting is the tool to turn the 12% metabolically healthy situation. We can turn this fast. The research shows it's fast if we just taught everybody to fast. Hmm. So yes, it was... You know, I, I wish I could go back and redo the Zoom. Uh, in the new book, I do write about it. And I'm hoping someday I can get back to that principle and just apologize because the solution was just too big of a hurdle for these people. And I really see fasting as the healthcare solution for the world right now. Yeah, it's a great story. You know, and your, your new book, Mindy has a new book all about fasting for women, which is going to come out. I don't think, I don't know if you could share the it's title. Out, it's, all, it's up for pre-order on Amazon. Oh, so the, yeah. title, the title's out, share about it. The, yeah, it's called Fast Like a Girl. And uh, this is actually comes from, you know, what Dr. Pompa really taught me when I first started fasting. I got so excited about it that I did so much of it that I tanked my hormones and I remember showing Pompa a Dutch test and he was like, oh, you're fasting too much. You need to eat. And then we dove in to looking at the hormones and understanding the different length fasts and how they pair to the different hormones. And so it's a principle I've been, that I've been working on myself and we see it on our online platforms. I have a whole thing called a fasting cycle where I teach women how to fast according to our hormonal needs. And Hay House picked it up. It's called Fast Like a Girl. And it's going to be, I go through six different length fasts and two eating styles. And it's up for pre-order now. So it'll come out at the end of this year, but it's very exciting. 
That's so exciting. So they could pre-order it. Where's the best place to pre-order it? Amazon's where it is right now. So okay. you can go pre-order it. And it'd be great if you guys are interested. I know it won't come to you right away, but if we, you know, if it's like in the book world, if you get a lot of pre-orders, then book, book online platforms see that this is a book that the world wants. One of my favorite ways to break a fast is with bone broth. Not just any bone broth you get at your grocery store. I'm talking about high quality grass-fed bone broth. The benefits to bone broth is a long list from glowing skin, stronger hair and nails, improved recovery from the amino acids that are in the broth, helping with digestion, energy, the immune system, helping with cravings, and also brain fog. Bone broth also helps to balance out your methionine to glycine ratios. A lot of people, especially those doing carnivore, who eat a lot of muscle meat, they get an imbalance of increased methionine levels. And what bone broth could do, it has high amounts of glycine, which helps balancing the ratio of methionine to glycine, which is important for methylation. If you're not familiar with methylation, think of that as the gears and switches of your cellular health. Lately, my go-to for bone broth has been the beauty and the broth. What I love about them is that there are no artificial flavors, no preservatives, no phthalates, no sugar or salt added. They are grass-fed, non-GMO, and it contains a high amount of collagen, which is so important for your gut and your skin and bone health. The cool thing about the beauty and the broth is that their packets are single serve and you could take them on the go wherever you go. When I'm traveling, when I'm on the go, I'll take a few packets of these bone broths with me. You just add hot water, boom, it's concentrated for you, which makes it easy to get your bone broth anywhere. They have affordable monthly, bi-weekly, and weekly subscription programs. Head over to thebeautyandthebroth.com to learn more about them. That is thebeautyandthebroth.com. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. Awesome. Uh, Alina just put the link for you all in the live chat. I see it there. And I want to talk a little bit more about the feast famine, uh, importance of the feasting part. We'll get to that. But Dr. Pompey, you also have a story. I think it was 1995 of a patient who had a cancer tumor and you used fasting on her. Could you share that story? Yeah, that was back in the, in the nineties, as you pointed out. Um, and I was learning about fasting and of course I was all in, I mean, I, this is, uh, you know, I, I just had to look at, um, enough of the history of fasting and some of the science around fasting. And I was all in, of course, I started fasting myself. And I remember the day she came in and said, well, you know, they want to do this procedure, that procedure. I'm just not willing to do it. Dr. Pompa, what do I do? <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah. Read all about how yeah. fast shrinks tumors, right? So I, I said, here, read this, read that. And she was the kind of person that, that would do that, of course. And she came back and she says, I'm three days in. <laughs> and uh, that's what she did. She fasted 26 and a half days. And it shrunk it down, a tumor the size of a grapefruit, down to a golf ball. And she took a couple months and then she fasted again and fasted the golf ball to nothing. You know, the, the unique thing about it was, and again, why does that happen? Uh, it's, it happens because the body was getting rid of bad cells, those darn senescent cells, in this case, tumor cells. And that's what it does. The body's so smart that it's not going to get rid of your good cells. It's just not. It gets rid of the bad cells to utilize for energy. Uh, and that's exactly what it does. It goes for these bad cells. It goes for these tumors. And, uh, and, and again, that's been proven again and again and again. Uh, uh, Thomas Seyfried, he wrote a book, Cancer is a Metabolic Disease. Uh, he talks all about that process. You know, and, and I have to say this, you know, it's like her tumor shrunk, but it brought 
great health to her in other ways. You know, she learned the art of fasting from that point on. I, I'll tell you my wife's story. In that very close time period when, you know, I was passionate uh, about, I was traveling around going to different fasting clinics because I wanted to know everything that they were doing. And I would spend time there and, and just suck their brains of knowledge. And uh, um, my wife uh, had a diagnosis. They said one step away from cervical cancer and it may already be cervical cancer. And they wanted to do a whole procedure. And I said, no, uh, we're going to fast. And of course the guy thought I was actually crazy. And he said, you'll be back. And lo and behold, my wife did an 11 day fast and, you know, she probably repeated it another fast in a few months later, but uh, never went back. Um, her body healed itself, right? I mean, that's the ability of fasting. And I want people to hear that, right? It's like your body has the ability to heal itself. Fasting harnesses that innate intelligence, that ability to heal. So when you hear that fasting works for this, fasting works for that, it, it's not craziness, right? It works because your body's innate ability has the ability to heal anything you're going through right now. And fasting harnesses that ability. Mm, uh, Amazing. By the way, we just had another story that was sent to me this morning in our resetter group of another of a tumor shrinking. It's like every week we hear another story and it's not always even in the longer fasts. It's the feast famine going in and out and just applying that hormetic stress and the body keeps healing and keeps healing. So the other thing I believe is that it's the over time, as you practice fasting, more miracles and more miracles happen. Yeah. I know. One of the things that I evolved into back then was a five day fast, you know, just because I felt like as a goal, most people could do that, right? 26 days, 11 days, you know, most people can't see that. Right. I mean, they, they think they would die. Right. But a five day fast, and, and the reason I came up with that is because the first three days are typically hard for people. And then day four, they kind of go over the edge and feel good. And then I say, let's ride it out one more day. Well, speed up the, the you know, to the 2000s. <laughs> and we know now that uh, there's science around that darn five days, right? So five day fast, we know you hit max autophagy, meaning getting rid of those bad cells. You hit max growth hormone rise on day five. So, you know, there's a reason for five day fast. Now I don't want to confuse people because there's intermittent fasting. You've heard us say, right. That's where you fast daily, where you could fast say for 12 hours through the night and into the morning or 15 hours through the night and push breakfast out. Right. Or maybe you skip breakfast through the night and don't eat until noon. Right. So that's a fast where you get some of the same results you would from a longer fast. Right. Um, so there's different strategies of fasting. There's even partial fasting where you're eating little bits um, instead of just plain water fasting. So don't be scared when we're talking about fasting. We utilize different fasting strategies for different situations. And yeah, fasting is a muscle, right? You develop it over time. You wouldn't just do a CrossFit workout if you've been on the couch for 10 years. Same thing. You want to build up the muscle. So both of you teach that really brilliantly and you build up like 12 hours. That's actually the homework assignment we gave the challenge members here. If you're a beginner, let's do 12 hours and then let's eliminate the snacks. And then I'm going to give them a homework assignment today to build that up. And that's the way you want to do it. Uh, I want to talk more about the feast famine cycling, because what we could all agree with Mindy and Pampa is that when somebody falls in love with the tool, all they see is that tool and they use that tool over and over and over. And then a good thing becomes a bad thing. So let's relate that to fasting. 
We love fasting. Autophagy is great on day seven. By the way, I'm going to get deep into autophagy. But too much autophagy could be bad. It could be too catabolic. It could weaken your immune system. So why is it important, Mindy, to balance out the feasting with the fasting? And how do you even find that balance? Ooh, that's a that's a complex question. I'm going to put it in terms of symptoms and hormones. So I I think the big mindset shift that, that needs to happen in healthcare in general is that symptoms are not always something we need to villainize. In fact, if we fast and we go right up to autophagy and we get a rash or we get a, a brain fog, that's just a mirror. We get bloated, we get constipated, we get diarrhea. Like it's just a mirror. That's it. It's not like fasting's not working for you. In fact, it is working for you. You created a hormetic stress and the body responded by adapting and getting rid of the old and building up the new. So I think the first thing is for people to understand when these symptoms appear, how to read them and, and acknowledge them and not run from them. The, the second thing I would say is that for women, because we have three primary sex hormones that drive our behaviors, our sleep, uh, I mean, our mental state, and that's estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. If you just take those three and you break them down and you look at what they need, they need vastly different things. Like I, I, I have a fun line in the, in the a new book that estrogen and progesterone, even though they are sisters of the same family, they have vastly different personalities. And estrogen does great when you're in keto. Estrogen does great when you are fasting, but progesterone doesn't. So knowing if you have a cycle, how to go in and out of different length fasts, when to not fast, becomes a, a hormonal um, uh, absolute necessity. And if you're a postmenopausal woman, you're not getting these hormones anytime. They're not going back to what they were. So we have to do more weekly variation where we're stepping out of fasting more often so that we can go in and raise glucose so the body has the resources to make progesterone. So to your point, we can't just say intermittent fasting cures everything. We've got to say it is a tool. Now let's learn how to use that with a proper feasting and proper eating. And, and when you learn to go in and out, it's literally like you could have your cake and eat it too. We want it all. Abundance. Yeah, you can have it all. It's awesome when you're willing to play that game yeah. and go in that like rhythm. You never feel deprived. I always say, you know what? People should come out to dinner with the three of us. Because when you go out to dinner, it is like food, 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 dessert. Like, but, but we, what's the first question we ask? Merrily ask this every time. What oils are you cooking with? So we have a, we have a, what I call a, a personal value around food, but we also aren't like sitting there fasting with water all the time. We, when we feast, we feast. And I think that's the missing piece for people. Yeah, well said. You know, Dr. Pompa, there was a study that you brought up. I think it was at the Systemic Formulas Conference a few years ago about Oscar the dog and how this relates to feast famine. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got that from Thomas Seyfried. We were in a ah. together with uh, me, Joe Mercola, and Zach Bush was there. And I was explaining the feast famine concept, right? And uh they were all sitting there kind of looking at me because everyone was into low carb, right? And I'm going, no, you have to feast, especially if you're low carb too long or fasting too much. And 
Thomas jumped in and said, Pompa's right. And, you know, here's why. And then he brought up Oscar the dog, right? And the fact was, is that they were fasting these dogs to death. That was the goal, unfortunately, uh, to see, you know, basically study how long they would go when they enter starvation, etc. Well, darn little Oscar kept getting out of the cage and, and finding food. He was a pretty smart dog. And so he kept breaking his fast. But, you know, they only had so many dogs. So Oscar would find himself in the next study. And then the next study, I think it was the third study. Well, each time Oscar was more successfully fasting. And by the point where he was over a hundred some days, this dog wouldn't die. So thank God they let Oscar live and eat. But what they realized was happening was Oscar was getting more and more efficient and the feast famine was actually working for him. You know, I started the first time I taught about this concept was 2005. So I had, I had gone to Africa and I, listen, in the nineties, I learned about fasting. So I, I got that, you know, there's a time to not eat and what it does for the body. But I was still a guy who was eating probably four or five meals a day because I came from the fitness world, right? And that's what we did. And then I went to Africa and I got blessed to basically encounter a tribe that had just come out of the mountains. Why? Because of severe drought. They were following the food. And I saw the, the people that brought me there were interpreting and they said, Dr. Pompa, they these people barely eat and yet they have no diseases that we can see. They don't even have words for the diseases that the other tribes you know, do and that we've encountered. And one of the things that was unique, and I said, oh, believe me, they're eating. They're just not eating the way the other tribes eat. They feasted in famine. I never saw anything like it in my life. I saw them, you know, basically the men were never there. I said, where are the men? They would leave at three or four in the morning and they would go out all day without eating. And I was like, how do they do that? Because they have to run after prey. They're tracking, right? They, they barely bring water. <clears throat> Imagine that in the heat of the day in Africa. <clears throat> so they're tracking down the meat. Then they come back at maybe three in the afternoon and they feast on one big meal that lasts probably three hours, a very European way of eating. But what I also saw was that they feasted in famine. Like they would either have kill or nothing. So it was a very up and down regimen of eating. So, I mean, after just watching that, I was blessed to go back a couple of times and spend more time with the tribe and just kind of asking questions. Feast, famine, cycling. It's when I first taught about it in 2005 and everyone thought I was nuts. And I also <laughs> talked about it from a diet variation standpoint. We don't ever want to be on the same diet, right? And keto flex, right? The, what you wrote about Ben, it's you know, the, the whole thing of just being in keto, just being in carnivore, just a plant-based diet, same diet all the time. People tend to gravitate to that diet because it helped them. And then they stay on that diet. No tribe, no healthy culture ever stays on the same diet because they can't. But our genes and our microbiome are set up to change diet, whether it be weekly, monthly, or seasonally. And that's where I came up with that concept of diet variation, feast, famine, cycling. There are so many researched benefits to having good fat in your diet, but there is just one little problem with all this healthy fat. If you can't properly digest the fat in your diet, chances are you won't feel that great. And a lot of people lack the one key nutrient needed to digest fat. To really get the best results from any diet, whether it's carnivore, paleo, keto, or even vegan, I found there are three things that can really help optimize your results. First, 
enhance your digestion and elimination, second, boost your cellular energy, and third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. And one of the best aids to a ketogenic lifestyle that I've ever found comes from my friends over at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. What Capex does is three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people aren't eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days. This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscles and in the liver. And they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel into your motor and more horsepower for your motor. If you take three to five capsules of K-Pax in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there's no nervous system stimulation. It works incredible as a pre-workout and even without caffeine. It's one of my go-tos when I'm in a fasted state. Now, it won't make up for bad eating or eating lots of excess calories, especially from processed foods and seed oils, but the research shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to kenergize.com slash ketocamp, that's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E forward slash ketocamp, camp with a K, you'll automatically get 10% off any package of Capex with the coupon code KETOCAMP10. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P-1-0. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. Mm, so good. And uh, again, on sat on Sun um, Monday, excuse me, session seven, I'm going to be talking more about this and mTOR autophagy and how to how to put this into practice. Um, question for both of you: Do you both have a hard stop at the top of the hour? Ish. Okay. Let me look. <laughs> yeah, look and check. Um, for those who are VIP members on here, in about 15 minutes, maybe a little bit less, you'll have the opportunity to come on the live stream and ask Mindy or Pampa your question. So check the StreamYard link we gave to you about an hour ago in your email inbox. And if you want to join, join us. I see Pat Bryant back uh, in the studio back here. I want to ask you both this, Mindy. Um, what are what's some, What does the research say about fasting? What are some of your favorite studies that you've seen on fasting? Oh, you know, they all get like, like muddled, like stacked in my head. But I think the one that everybody should know was in cell metabolism. It's one of the more famous one, the 16-8 that if you just, and, and there's been variations of that, but, and there's been other studies showing this, but if you just compress your eating window to eight to 10 hours, leaving, you know, longer time to fast every single day, every single metabolic marker comes down. So glucose comes down, hemoglobin A1C, cholesterol improves, um, they see changes to the liver enzymes, like every single metabolic marker comes down. I am a hundred percent convinced that poor metabolic health could just be totally wiped off this planet. We wouldn't have to change the food industry. We just get everybody doing eight, eating all their food in eight to 10 hours and metabolic syndrome would go away. It's that simple. And their cell metabolism has put out a ton of research on that. So I have to say that's probably my favorite. 
It's powerful. That's a, a big statement. And, and I agree with it. You know, you don't, we want you to change your food and support high quality food and farming, but let's say you don't, but you implemented an intermittent fast where you have an eight to 10 hour eating window. You're going to benefit tremendously just by doing that. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to point this out because your, your viewers, especially um, in fans probably already have seen this article. It's everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. um, and in the last uh, you know, week, I have gotten probably a hun over 100 emails asking me about it. And it is that scientists show that intermittent fasting does not work. That's been the title. They uh, looked at two groups of people and they restricted their calories in an eating window of, say, six or eight hours. They did it some morning some evening. So they switched the eating window. I think what they did in the study mostly was an eating window of just eating in the morning from 8am to, you know, whatever it was, a certain amount of calories. The other group was just the same amount of calories in the restricted window eating window, the intermittent fasting group, and they spread it out throughout the day. And after one year, they said it made no difference. And right away, I said, well, that's the problem with the study is they restricted calories. Mm -hmm. They restricted calories. So I want everyone to hear me. That was the flaw of the study because when you restrict calories, whether you're eating intermittent fasting in an eating window or you're doing it throughout the day, eventually the metabolism slows down. The body thinks it's starving. So what were they missing in both groups? What they were missing is one meal at least a day eaten to full to tell the body it's not starving. Yep. If they would have taken that fasting group and said, okay, let's do the same amount of calories in the window of the fasting group, as well as the people that are doing the same amount of calories all day, but let's make sure they eat one meal to full, they would have had a different result. Yep. So if you see that study, there's a flaw in it because caloric restriction does not work. So understand that. I, and I, I want to point out something on that. This comes up all the time in women and fasting is they, people say, well, you know, it's hard on the thyroid for women if they fast. But if you go and you look at those studies, all those studies were calorie restriction. Yeah. We right. are not talking about calorie restriction. So I think anytime you look at a study, you have to say, was it time restricted eating or was it calorie restricted? Because those are not the same. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to point out, um, one, somebody in the chat, Maria pointed out that she was uh, exposed to tons of people with COVID. My second probably favorite research and concept around fasting is that when viruses come into a cell, if they come into a sugar burner cell, they will actually gain momentum and energy and they can replicate faster. But if that same virus goes into a cell that is in a state of autophagy, it, it can not replicate because there's no fuel for it to gain momentum. So it stops replica replication. The other greatest tool that we should have been implementing over the last two years has been, let's get everybody fasting. We would have brought their blood sugar levels down and we put, would have put them in a state of autophagy and we would have stopped viral replication. So I just want to point that out because that's not a study that people talk enough about. You know, and I, I want to, on that study note, you know, <laughs> look at studies and I, you know, I, I, I love doing it. Eat less and live longer. 
it, it's something that's been proven again and again and again. So Dr. Pablo, how do you say caloric restriction doesn't work when there's all these studies eat less, live longer? But really, when you look at ancient cultures, they ate less by eating less often, just like the tribe that I did. So, but they never pushed meals away half eaten, meaning that, oh, I better not, you know, I better caloric restrict. No, they didn't do that. When they had it, they ate, but they definitely ate less often, which at the end of the day, if you're in ketosis, there's something released, an enzyme called cholecystokinin. It allows you to eat less. You do eat less, you do. And, but the problem is, or the, the benefit is, is you eat less, but the body doesn't feel like it's eating less. You're eating to full. Cholecystokinin tells your brain, I'm full, and you stop eating. So you are eating less in ketosis. When you're fasting and you're eating one meal to full, you're eating less at the end of the day. When you're eating intermittent fasting, skipping a meal, I promise you, you eat less, okay? But as long as you eat one meal to full, your body never thinks it's starving like in a caloric-restricted state. So understand when you look at a study, you have to be very careful on what it really is saying. Very important. You know, those headlines capture people's attention and then they just run with it, not digging into the methods of the study or some of the specifics. So it's great that you two break it down and we should have that same mindset. What did the study look at? What were the participants health like? What were the protocols in it? And when you start to unpack that, you realize the headline doesn't really match the result, and uh, there's a lot of holes that you could poke in it, and you can make a study show anything you want. I, I think yes, you can. Yes, you can. Go look. I've even gone and looked at who funded the study. Oh, uh, that yeah. one that Pompa's talking about, I I would go look at the who was led the study and where do they work, and you will be blown away. Why do you, um, Mindy? Why do you love ketosis? What, what what is your favorite benefit of keto? Oh, you know what I always tell people? It's like the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, yeah. where he like takes a pill and he can like learn six different languages and he's like stays up for days. He predicts the stock market. That's how I feel on ketosis. I feel limitless mentally and physically. Emotionally, I feel so much joy because when you're in ketosis, GABA goes up. So there's kind of a calm, joyful feeling. Um, and the more I have been doing feast, famine, cycling, the more I feel like those ketones are healing my brain. The you know what I've probably been fasting with Pampa for almost seven years, maybe more. Like it feels like we've been doing this maybe a decade now, and um, I feel like at 52, my brain is holding on to information better than it did at 22. It's it, it it's crazy the cognitive abilities that that ketosis gives you. That's how Mindy's able to crank out so much content. That's it. <laughs> That's it. What about you, Dr. Papa? Why do you love ketosis? Yeah, I have to say, maybe it's our age, Mindy. I, the brain. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I, I think when we look at um, the numbers on dementia and Alzheimer's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about approaching two thirds of the population with cognitive decline. Man, the, those are scary numbers. And if you don't think it's going to be you, guess again. I mean, it's just rapidly increasing. Um, when you're in ketosis, the brain loves ketones. It does. It, it loves ketones. It, um, there's healing. Look, go back to the early 1900s. You know, we know that ketone diets were fixing seizures, but almost every neurodegenerative disease, they were utilizing ketones, meaning, you know, putting people in ketotic states. Uh, then with the you know, the advent of new drugs, uh, Neurotin and others, they kind of 
it was pushed aside. And I, I think now it's becoming more evident that, gosh, we have a tool here that regenerates the brain. You know, and I want to point something out that therapeutic levels of ketones, the combination of fasting um, with ketosis, that's why before a fast, we like to go into a state of ketosis, right? And when you combine the fasting, you hit therapeutic levels that you can't hit just being in ketosis. So this combination, whether it's intermittent fasting every day or longer fasts with ketosis, takes ketone levels to another level that I believe our brain needs to heal. By the way, it doesn't just heal the brain, especially with these therapeutic levels that you get with fasting. Um, it resets the microbiome. It changes the microbiome. It creates diversity in the microbiome. More studies are coming out on that. We know metabolically it fixes the cell. We know that it turns off bad genes that stressful living turns on. I don't care who you are. Our genes get turned on for bad um, just from stress, right? Physical, chemical, and emotional. Well, the only way really I believe to turn those genes off is putting yourself in these states of really elevated ketones, fasting states, you know, all of that turns off bad genes. So I just threw out like, you know, four or five huge benefits of the combination of ketosis and fasting because of elevated ketones and everything that we're talking about. Hey, I want to take a brief minute to share something with you. For many years, I used to take fish oil and recommend it. And I see a lot of people in the keto space overdoing it with fish oil. There are several reasons why I am not a fan of fish oil and why I stopped recommending it to all of my clients several years ago. Number one, 83% of fish oil is expected to be rancid on the shelf before you even consume it. There was also an experiment done. This study was called the Iowa Screening Experiment. This study showed it took 18 weeks to reverse the negative effect of the incorporation of EPA and DHA from fish oil into the cell membrane. Another study found that fish oil increased the risk of colon cancer in mice. Here's the quote. We found that mice developed deadly late-stage colon cancer when given high doses of fish oil. More importantly, with the increased inflammation, it only took four weeks for the tumors to develop. Simply put, I stopped taking it, I stopped recommending it. I use a plant-based omega from Pureform. This supplement is nitrogen infused, which preserves and protects it. It has the proper balance of omega-6 to omega-3, and most importantly, it gives you the derivatives, the building blocks, they're called parent essential oils, for you to produce your own EPA and DHA. If you wanna learn more about Pureform, head over to purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4, that is B-E-N, the number four, at checkout, and you'll get $4 off your capsules of Pureform. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. They go hand in hand. And when you get fat adapted, even before you start practicing more aggressive fasting strategies, it makes a big, big difference versus being a sugar burner going into fasting. It's going to be a, a, a tough transition. So um, I want to do a giveaway. We're giving away a prize. We're giving away seven bottles of Pureform, which we wow. both, we all, all of us love Pureform plant-based omega. That's a $250 value. That's about seven months worth of uh, the awesome. best alternative to rancid fish oil. That's awesome gift, right, Mindy? Yes. Yes. So Super I'm, awesome. I'm going to have both of you uh, choose the actual winner. Uh, do you guys see the comments going on or do you, I need to pull them up here? Uh, uh, 
<laughs> Papa doesn't, of course not. Uh, well, oh my gosh, like, this is horrible. Here's Come the question. on now. Here's, here's the question <laughs> I'm going to ask the challenge participants. In one sentence or less, how would you describe intermittent fasting to someone so that they get it? If you're on an elevator and you have 30 seconds, how would you explain it to somebody? Intermittent fasting. And I'm going to have, we'll have Mindy <laughs> choose the first answer that she's like, oh my gosh, this person nailed oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Mindy, this is a mean joke. <laughs> if you want to read me two that you like and say, which one do you like better? There you go. Yeah, right. You go I first, Papa. I don't see so I have no clue. So oh. they're, they're going to start putting it. I okay. see one answer right now. Okay. Oh my gosh. You see him coming in? Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm watching. Ooh, okay. Do I, can I pick one? Let me know and I'll pull it up on the screen. Okay, uh, uh, Paulette's uh, intermittent fasting is rebirth. Yes, done. It is. Intermittent fasting is rebirth. Paulette, well, she chose you. Congratulations, Paulette. <laughs> Everybody give Paulette a round of applause. That's a great answer. I, I, I love yeah. that answer. So great answer, Paulette. And uh, email us, support at ketocamp.com. Put your shipping address, put what you want, and we'll get pure seven bottles of Pure Form your way. So congratulations. Thank you for doing that, Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question before we get to our VIP Q&A. If you're a VIP and you want to ask a question, get into the streamer studio. I, I see Pat here, and I'll check the thread as well. But here's the question I want to ask both of you. Mindy first. How important is it to get your daily dose of vitamin G every single day? <laughs> We're going down a different road. Yeah. Well, okay. I have to I have to put it in terms of hormones. Okay. So when you look at hormones, at the bottom are sex hormones. At above that is insulin. Above that is cortisol, and above that is oxytocin. So when you're coming to keto or fasting and you're trying to manipulate insulin, you you have to involve oxytocin in the process. So. I think it's probably the most important fasting tool is gratitude because every time you say thank you to somebody or you think it in your mind or you, you feel it in a meditation, you are releasing oxytocin, which is bringing down cortisol. When cortisol comes down, insulin is easier to regulate and your sex hormones will be a piece of cake. Mm. So it's at the top of the hierarchy. It's the most important and it can't be forgotten. Really well done. I love how you related that to our hormones. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Dr. Pompa? Why do you love vitamin G? Well, my saying is if you don't fix the cell, you won't get well. So let me bring it into the cell. We know that gratitude, our thoughts, especially feelings, thoughts of gratitude, decrease cellular inflammation. All right. What benefit is that to you? Well, with a decrease in cellular inflammation, your cells hear your thyroid hormone better. Here's your estrogen. Here's your testosterone, right? So you're going to increase cellular function, which increases how you feel. And isn't that ultimately what we want? So when you have a feeling, a thought of gratitude, literally, it's not my opinion, scientific fact that you're reducing cellular inflammation and increasing cellular function. Pretty cool. It's real. Really cool. And that's another free tool that you can use. The, the, the challenge is, is like Jim Rohn said, what's easy to do is easy not to do. So a lot of people kind of, you know, poo-poo it or dismiss it just because, you know, grab a piece of paper and write down what you're grateful for. How could that change my inflammation? Well, the science backs it up. And if you guys remember two days ago for the challenge members, I drew the cell with you. I drew the inflammation. 
And what Dr. Pompa was just referring to is reducing that inflammation. So now the hormones and the other messengers could be messages could be heard by your cell. And gratitude is one of the best ways to do that. Okay. We have some VIP members who are going to ask you some questions. So the first person I see joining the back end studio is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, give me a thumbs up if you're ready to join us here. Elizabeth, do you hear me? I don't think she hears me. So I'm going to read the question that came on the VIP thread. Question came in, two questions from Pat Bryant. So I'll let you both answer, whoever wants to answer. Number one, what is the reckon, recommended amount of protein and does that change for someone over the age of 70? That's the first question. I, you know, I love the, to me, it's what are you trying to do with your body? And over 70, you should really be focused on growing muscles uh, and keep preserving muscles. So the research that I've seen is 20 to 30 grams of protein per, per meal. When you eat protein in a meal, you want to get 20 to 30 grams because it triggers an amino acid recept, uh, sensor within the muscle to make sure that that muscle grows stronger. So I think more in terms of the meal as opposed to the whole day. Awesome. And then, yeah, to her point, if you're older or even under the age of 18, you want to up the protein because you're in a growth, you want to be in a growth phase there. What about you, Dr. Pomp? Anything to add to that? Yeah, um, I would look at it in terms of uh, feast days and famine days, right? Meaning that if you're older, have more feast days. And remember what defines a feast. A feast could be eat more. That's caloric, which stimulates the pathway opposite of autophagy. That's the fasting pathway, right? Where your body's getting rid of cells. That's called catabolic. Feasting stimulates an anabolic pathway. So we know that if you hit high protein, uh, then you're going to stimulate this mTOR, anabolic pathway. So if you're older, I think you need more feast days, which could be high protein days. So if you emulate what bodybuilders do, they know they hit max mTOR at one gram um, of protein per pound of lean body weight. So what was your high school age, right? You know, 150 pounds, 125 pounds. Not, not me. I was obese, Dr. Pompa. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, oh, I was overweight too in high school. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I don't want my high school weight. All right, I, I was a wrestler. I Believe it or not, I was way lighter in high school. And I, <laughs> I don't my, my high school weight was a healthy weight for me on the opposite end because I was cutting weight, I think. But anyway, so, but okay, whatever weight you think is the perfect weight, lean body weight, take off your fat type weight, uh, that gives, gives you an idea, right? So uh, meaning that maybe you actually weigh 170 pounds, but you feel your actual perfect weight is 125, 125 grams of protein. That would be a feast. Now, I'm not saying do that every day. I'm saying two, three times a week feast by having high protein days. You can have five days a month and have a high protein five days a month. So again, just like we're talking about, periodic times of high protein are actually better than doing the same thing all the time. You actually get more anabolic benefit from it. You'll build more muscle with just days of high protein versus lower protein days. I would also say, remember that just like we talk about feast, famine, cycling, fat burner, sugar burner, the other concept you want to think about is you stimulate autophagy and then you stimulate mTOR. You stimulate autophagy and then mTOR. So, you know, most of the world's doing mTOR all the time, which is why they're aging so, so quickly. Right. Um, and then you get the fasters that are fasting all the time, which is why they start, ha you know, for women, especially have hormonal problems. It's really the in and out that's so powerful. See, here's what people are going to say, right? You're going to say, okay, you're seven years old. You should be eating higher protein. Somebody's going to point out 
and send you a study of higher protein, especially when you're older, you know, creates more bad cells and accelerates cancer. There's an argument for that, right? There's an argument for that. But what no one will be able to combat is emulating what ancient tribes did, feast mm. famine, feast yeah. famine. So I'm saying have more feast days and you'll be safe because you're still benefiting from autophagy days. Great answers. And on Monday, I'm going to, I'm going to go over some of the, the 421 rule, 511 rule. So I'm going to give it to you in more of a practical step-by-step -step sense. So make sure you're on the Monday session. I'm going to bring Antoinette on in a second. The next, but I had another question here. Pat Bryan said, what are the effects of reducing inflammation on eye maladies, specifically glaucoma and age-related macula degeneration, both dry and wet? So um, well, reducing inflammation, how can you reduce inflammation to help with those eye problems? You know, I think the beauty of, of cellular healing, the way Pampa teaches it, is it doesn't matter what body part it is, the same rules apply. And anything in the eyes, you have so many mitochondria in your eyes. So the more you do exactly what we're talking about, the feast, famine, cycling, get that your fasting glucose and insulin down, the more those eyes will heal. So it's the same rules. It's just you have more mitochondria. So all those, those conditions you just labeled, they're indications of sugar that's stored in the eyes. You know, when we look at all of the diseases, right, especially the eyes, they're very sensitive to inflammation, as, as Mindy's pointing out. And when we look at all of the diseases, they're inflammatory in nature, right? And it will get you in your genetic weakness, right? So most people are walking around in a state of inflammation. Inflammation is the silence killer. So then we must ask ourselves, what are the top three causes of inflammation, specifically cellular inflammation, whether it's eye cells or kidney, liver, whatever it's tissue we're talking about, joints, right? Well, we've been talking about them. Mindy just mentioned elevated glucose and insulin. Better get a hold of the diet, right? Ketosis, moving in and out, all the things we're talking about. But also the number one is toxins, especially when we're looking at the eyes. The moment that was brought up here in this question, I immediately thought there's specific toxins that are driving that, that inflammation. I have a whole program based on it, right? Because cellular detox is ultimately what America needs. And then the third big driver is the bad fats that were mentioned here. The vegetable oil, the canola oils, all of these adulterated oils, right? So those three things, if you get control of in your life, the toxins, right? Which we have very specific way I've been teaching for years to get rid of uh, toxins truly because most detox is horrible. And the diet strategies that we're talking about here, in, in controlling these uh, bad fats. I'm telling you, you transform your life, whether it's eyes, whatever cells we're talking about, painful joints, doesn't matter. Antoinette, I'm gonna bring you on here. I'm gonna bring change the screen around. So here, she's in New Zealand, so she's living in the future and she has a question for <laughs> one of you. Hey, Antoinette. Oh, good morning. Oh, I can't believe I've got this opportunity to ask you a question. Um, yeah, I'm. 30 hours into a fast at the moment, um, and I'm feeling really good. I just wondered, have you got any case studies on asthma and allergies with fasting that you've, that you've experienced? Um, I've had asthma since I was four. I'm 56 now. And um, every time I fast, I definitely, it gets, you know, it gets better, but getting rid of it completely hasn't happened yet. And so I just wondered what did you have any experience of allergies and asthma that you have found? Yeah, I can answer that in very close to home, right? When, 
when I met my wife, every sp- you know, every spring and fall, because the allergens are very high, she'd be laying in bed with compress on her eyes because that's how bad her allergies were, right? And because she met me, she changed her diet, but still laying in bed every spring and fall, right? Didn't make a difference until she learned the art of fasting. So again, that was in the 90s when I was into it. And she started doing fast. And again, to your point, it's not just one fast. The object is to learn the art of fasting, right? Because with each fast, you get a deeper level of healing. My wife today doesn't lay on, you know, the couch with uh, compresses on her head, right? Obviously, she's much older, you know, but yet the allergies, that's what did it. It was the fasting, not even so much the diet for her. It was the fasting strategies. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I notice when I don't eat anything. It's um I barely have to use any inhalers or anything. So then let me explain why that is, right? Because think about this, right? I I talked a little bit about senescent cells. These are cells that live too long, right? In the beginning of COVID, there was a gentleman who was saying the people that are gonna going to get hit the worst, whether you're 35 or 80, are the people that have more the most immuno. These are immune cells, senescent cells. So that means the immune cells that live too long. Well, what do these senescent immune cells do, immunosenescent cells? They drive hyperimmunity and low immunity, right? So they, they literally, again, you know, I, I think um, Ben refers to them as zombie cells, meaning that they kind of just walk around doing nothing, but yet they don't do nothing. They, they cause trouble. They cause mm. hyperimmunity. They cause trouble in the neighborhood, right? So they're not paying their taxes. They're not doing the positive things that people should do. They're not, they don't have jobs. They're, they're just laying around doing nothing, sucking tax dollars, creating PARM, recruiting people into their gangs, driving inflammation. So <laughs> immunosenescent cells, how are we getting rid of them? It's not we, diet. Okay, good. A little bit, but fasting crushes these immunosenescent cells that are driving hyperimmunity like allergies, like asthma, right? So you're diminishing with each fast, these senescent immunosenescent cells. Oh, and by the way, let me point out one more thing. It doesn't just get rid of an immunosenescent cell driving allergies. It stimulates a stem cell to replace it with a naive stem cell that or a naive immune cell that's like, let's do all this work. Let's go. Let's figure it out, right? And it's doing the right. It's good immunity, not hyper bad immunity causing trouble. Yeah. Mm, that's amazing. How long, how, how do you know how long to stay in a fast? Well, look, I mean, that's why I, I started just doing five day fasts with people, because if you do enough of them, you're kind of maximizing that time, right? And I, I talk about mm. knowing when you're in max autophagy, um, that's another subject. But so for most people, there is magic on that five day number. Now, would some people benefit from longer, perhaps? Right. Um, but, you know, more five day fasts are probably going to hit your target than trying to figure out, am I OK doing a two week fast? Right. Because there's some further risks that you have to know the longer you fast. Mm. Thank you, Antoinette. Great question. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good job with your fast, by the way. One more quick question, then I'm going to let you both go about your day. Mindy, there was a question from Pat Bryant. Dr. Mindy Pels, can you discuss feast, famine, cycling with women that have had a complete hysterectomy? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Just because you've removed the the organ and, I, uh, you know, organs in a complete hysterectomy, 
you still got to go back and try to repattern these uh, these hormones. And we've again seen it in our resetter group. I have a there's a story of a woman who had a complete hysterectomy in her early 40s, and the doctor said you're going to be in menopause within like months. And three years later, she was still making the right or a, an age appropriate amount of hormones. And so you have to look at that and go, well, why? Well, when you remove an organ, there's still the tissues still there. It's it, you can't remove all those cells so they can still make estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So, OK, let's go back to the principles. You don't have a cycle. So let's use a weekly principle. You know, could five days a week you're going into ketosis and you're fasting comfortably, maybe 13, 15 hours, one day a week, you're pushing your fast. And then one day a week, you're not pushing your, you're not fasting at all. And you're purposely raising glucose. Progesterone needs glucose in order to, to make progesterone. You got to have an increase in glucose in order to manage the estrogen you have. You got to be insulin sensitive. So it's the same rules. And I think what women with hysterectomies are told is like, you're just menopausal now and you're going to need medication to solve that. And what I'm saying is that's not accurate because you still have tissue in you. You still need to go back and repattern the body. And then the last thing I'll say on that is um, the, in the menopause reset, I, I talk about five lifestyle changes that every woman should do. Go back and do those five. Make sure you're making those changes so that your hormones can even out. You could get that book on Amazon. We'll put a link for you down below. Dr. Pompa, you want to share as we close this out a little bit about what's to come with HCF. There's some cool things and there's some aspiring like practitioners on here. Do you want to share briefly about that? Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm for the first time, I'm going to be inviting uh, coaches uh, to our events. Uh, and because Ben, uh, you were part of that inspiration. Uh, you know, look, I, I was in the past isolating it to doctors, you know, practitioners in that sense. But I look at the lives you've changed. Um, and I, I have to say, man, it's time to open it up. When I look at who's really making a difference in healthcare, um, oftentimes it's the mom, no offense, Ben, but it's the mom who is driving health into their family and now got so excited about it is now a coach. Right. And she wants to change lives beyond her family. And, you know, so I'm opening it up for that for the first time. And look, and we're just, you know, I, I'm so excited about what's happening in health centers of the future right now, because we are looking for a team of warriors. Uh, we have a message that the world needs. We do. You're hearing just part of it right now. We even dug into cellular detox and um, we need an army to bring it to the world more now than ever. So uh, join us. You can go to healthcentersofthefuture.com and you can see when the next seminars are. Thank you, Dr. Pompa. Yeah, it's going to be, we are in a, an important mission. Mindy, final words from you? Yeah, I, here's what I would say is think of it as this, I love, somebody said they love the art, the name, the art of fasting. That's exactly what this is. It's like you have this tool and your job is to be, figure out how it works best for you. But don't ever give up on the tool because it's as powerful as sleep. And if not more, it, you just have to keep working with that tool to find how it works best for you. Awesome. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Pompa. You guys, I, I love and appreciate you both. You can both feel free to sign off. I'm going to continue the live stream here and we'll talk very soon. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Bye. See you, Mindy. Bye. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Dr. Pampa and Dr. Minnie Pels. If you want to watch the video version of this interview, that could be found over on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. We'll put links for Dr. Pampa and Dr. Mindy's social media, YouTube, etc., all that good stuff. Go get registered for our upcoming Keto Challenge over at ketocampchallenge.com. Please consider leaving the show a rating and review. Share this with a friend. And hey, if you're on Instagram or TikTok, shoot me a follow on there. We're doing some cool things at the Ben Azadi. And if you're interested in learning more about getting coaching from me and learning my four-pillar framework, I'm taking a small group through a 90-day-plus protocol to coach you and teach you how to do this the right way. All you need to do to learn more about that is message me on Instagram at the Ben Azadi with the word energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, and I'll give you some more details. Thank you so much. Have an incredible rest of your day. Uh, Stay tuned for Friday's episode with Mr. Jack Savage from Everyday Dose. We're going to deep dive into mushrooms, lion's mane, chaga, substitutions for caffeine addiction, and much more. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. Love you. Have vitamin G for you, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.